0: Episode 31. 31. I don't know, right? I didn't... Welcome. I don't know if that's right. The last week
1: of Entrusted. Entrusted. We're going to talk about gratitude. And not just an attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm. But that too. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we've talked about contentment. We've talked about more. We've talked about giving, serving, or giving, saving, spending, We've talked about just the idea of stewardship and stewarding our stories, and then we're going to kind of close the loop with, with gratitude uh, and w- the role of gratitude in stewarding our story, um, you know, what kind of gets in the way of it, you know, what, what fosters it, that sort of thing. Um, and so one of the, just to kind of dive in, a couple of passages we're going to read, one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. And the one from the Old Testament is Moses in the second reading of the law, Deuteronomy, they're going to go into the promised land, and he's looking ahead. So they they haven't gotten to the promised land yet. This is pre-promised land. They're in the wilderness. They've wandered, wandered, wandered. Uh, And Moses says in Deuteronomy 8, starting in verse 10, when you've eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God. For the good land he has given you, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery." This, then verse 18, but remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce, produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. So, um, I think this is a very interesting passage mm-hmm. because I think we tend to probably hear it kind of wrong. Okay. I think maybe we can hear it kind of wrong. So, um but first let's before we get there so this is sort of a warning
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh and you know why do we need this why do we need this warning what are we, what is he warning against
0: yeah um i think it's pretty explicit he's warning against forgetting god right the for, the, the
1: tendency to forget uh and or to maybe just take for granted you know this these things that we have and i think when when we read this, one of the things that this kind of goes to what we've talked about it in, you know, contentment and enjoyment and, you know, the good place of desire, I think and maybe it's just me, but I think there's this sort of this Protestant work ethic sort of reading of this that makes the blessings of the new land sound guilty, Yeah, like sound like... You know, oh, you're going to be, you know, you're going to have more money and you're going to have more whatever, as if those are bad things. But that's not what Moses is saying at all. Right. Right. When the blessings of the land come, because, you know, it is the God who gives the ability to produce wealth, is God who brings all these blessings. When he brings all these blessings, it's not the problem. The blessings aren't the problem. Mm -hmm. Then don't forget him. Right. And do you think that's right? Do you think we have a sense of guilt about what we have? And does that get in the way of gratitude?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think, yes, I think there's a lot of things that get in the way of gratitude. Um, But I do think there is, uh, for what we have, um, and, you know, for those of us, we are You know, as you just talked about in teaching team, we're in the wealthiest top percent of the world. Right. And so I think we see that and we hear that and we experience that and we know we have abundance. I don't worry about turning on the hot water in the morning and letting it get hot before I get in the shower. Right. Or the fact that there's even water there. The fact that there's water. I don't really worry about, you know. Oh, is it going to happen? What's it going to cost? We just do it. Mm -hmm. We run the water. Um, But I do think there is this filter of guilt that can say, well, there are other people who have it way worse than me. And then, therefore, I should, what, feel bad about what I have, feel bad about um, the abundance that, you know, we've been given. I think that brings me to like a there's a guilt, but there's also this thing that we do with just comparing in general. Mm -hmm. We don't allow the natural process of gratitude to well up within us, or we don't cultivate it very well because what we do is we use guilt to motivate us or we use comparison to try to motivate us. Like other people have it way worse. You should be grateful. Mm -hmm. I'd, I've never actually experienced that yeah, or make me grateful. Really, right, right. <laughs> Just by looking around and thinking, oh, I have so much to be... It, that's an analysis. It doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. cultivate true heartfelt gratitude.
1: Yeah, and so that probably jumps, uh, jumps ahead to a point that we'll probably circle back around to a couple of times that I think gratitude is independent of our circumstances. And mm-hmm. that probably sounds weird or even harsh but I think what we have is independent of whether we're grateful for it we can have double what we have and take it for granted or and not feel grateful forget God or we can have half of what we have and be truly grateful for all that we have and I think it's you know gratitude is, is I think independent of our, what, what we have, it's really a, a heart con, you know, condition and alignment with, with him and his plan.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you agree with that? I guess, first of all, I do. And, and, and you can push back on this. I just don't know if we can think our way into gratitude. If you're just thinking through even Enneagram type conversations, I live in my head a lot. It's hard for me to cultivate gratitude because I'm always overthinking the thing or you should be this. I should be this. I ought to be this. It, it could be like that. Well, that's a way of circling around mm-hmm. in the airplane, but never really landing on the runway of gratitude. I think gratitude has to come from a heartfelt expression of, wow, mm-hmm. I'm just caught up in this thing and I'm not analyzing mm-hmm. it right now. I right. don't know. Yeah. I think it, it
1: comes out of being connected uh, in a holistic way to God and, um, that we are walking with him. I mean, if you, if we kind of put ourselves back in the situation of of these people who are hearing Moses's words here, so they've been wandering in the wilderness. Uh, if, if we remember for 40 years, so the people who originally, didn't go in they're all that generation has passed away Mm -hmm. so these are people who have lived their lives or they were children when that happened they lived their adult lives uh wandering and they've had manna and they've had quail Mm -hmm. and they've had the same clothes the clothes don't wear out the shoes don't wear out right and they've sort of that's sort of their baseline experience and he's saying we're going to project ahead to when you get into the promised land and you're going to have more, you're going to have plenty, you're going to have blessing. It's the promised land. It's the land flowing with milk and honey. Uh, And none of that's a bad thing. Uh, But that will, will if you're connected and walking with the Lord and living uh, uh, a, a life of worship now, then you probably will stay in that alignment or you, you know, more likely will stay in that alignment and you'll be grateful for enjoying what, than what you don't have now. Uh, But uh, otherwise, you're either... What happens, you know, you get to that point and either... I can say, oh, I'm so grateful that the Lord has blessed me with all of this. I didn't have this before. Not everyone has this. This is a great gift of the Lord. I'm grateful. Um, And so we can either do that or we can can compare ourselves to our past selves and other people and say, I feel guilty Mm -hmm. that... You know, I don't know, this is, you know, I don't want to think about the too fact. much. I don't want to think about the fact that other people don't have this. Yeah. Like it makes me feel funny. Or we, we look at up and look at people who have more and think, huh, that seems unfair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that God wants to bless us and he wants to give us this and, and, you know, he wants to give us blessing. And this, this idea of gratitude really is a, a proper response to a proper uh, relationship with God's blessing. And it's one of the things we've kind of talked about this whole series is what, what's, what emotional, spiritual relationship do I have to the blessing God is giving me? And does it, what does it produce in me? Does it produce gratitude and worship and awe and reverence and transformation? Or does it produce anxiety, fear, guilt, shame, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I think that's something that, it's, it's a barometer. And the, and the blessing is independent of those, you know, the reaction isn't about, the, the blessing is the same, right? If you okay. have the good reaction, I have the bad reaction to the same blessing. It's a, it's a barometer of where, where our heart is. And as we're, you know, this is Thanksgiving week, what does it mean for us to be truly grateful people who are truly thankful for what God has given us? And how do we hold that? in the proper way and not um, decry what we don't have, decry what we've lost mm-hmm, maybe, mm-hmm. Uh, or feel guilty about what we do have or feel funny about it. Cause not, it's sort of it, all of that kind of, it's all about me. Right. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, all of that process is all about my, my, thinking like you said you're in my in my own head
0: I'm in my own chest if yeah. you will Yeah. rather than thank you lord yeah that's good you're kind of stuck in the uh, analysis process whether it's in your heart or in your mind and it's not a um you know reflecting back like wow you've given me so much you've done so much for us um I'm overwhelmed with this so it's not I don't deserve it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm just not worthy of any of this. This is terrible. Like, mm-hmm. a, you know, a terrible self worth will right. impede gratitude, right. but That's it's right. also not the other side of that where well, I deserve more than this. You know, right. You should consider who I am Right. <laughs> when you're dealing right. out. How come other people? How's blessing? it
1: possible that that guy has more than me?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Uh, that's that. That's where I think there's probably several different types of people when it comes to their relationship to gratitude, forgetfulness, pride, all that. I do think there is that tendency to once you there's another conversation going on here underneath this, I think. And I think it's this. They've transitioned from a place of survival mentality, Mm -hmm. nomadic mentality. Now they're going to come into a place of security. And I think one of the great temptations of security and comfort is to forget God, is to f- not remember, well, but I didn't do this. Like it was me, but right. it was God through me. Right. And so therefore right. I'm just humbly grateful. Right. And I think, you know, the, the humility right. uh, is a booster for gratitude and pride will choke it out. Yeah. That's what verse 18 says.
1: Remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Uh, and so continues his covenant, which he has sworn to your ancestors as it is today. And yes, you have a part in the production of that wealth, but it is God who gives you the ability to do that mm-hmm. and God who facilitates that and gladly so. Right. Um, and I do think that um, one of, I, I feel like that uh, there's a humility, you talked about humility or dependency, this place of sort of worship or childlike, a childlike relationship To our father. And I think part of what gets in the way of gratitude for us is we don't, there's part of us that doesn't really want to be there. Like Mm -hmm. I want to be over it. I want to be in control of it. I want to be, um, and I'm thinking of people who like nothing is ever good in itself. Mm. Like, yes, I would say, oh, turkey's great. Yeah, it's a little salty.
0: Or, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, that was but, good. Like, everything is like that in life,
1: right? <laughs> like, nothing can be just enjoyed <laughs> yeah. because I, it feels like it gives me some sense of being con- in control of, like, I'm subject to enjoyment and I don't want to be mm. subject to it. Ooh, 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 say that again. Right? I'm subject to enjoyment. So like,
0: you, like, put yourself
1: underneath enjoyment. Yeah, like, oh, this is... I'm enjoying it. This is good. I'm down here uh, being given something and I'm just going to
0: enjoy it. So and then the, the cri- criticism is sort or of a way it to rises climb above, out of So I don't want to come under the moment or the gift or the thing to receive yeah, it. There's a dependence it. and being yeah. thankful. Like I didn't do this all, mm. but if I did do it all, well, then it's a little salty, you know, oh, or it's good. a little whatever. And I think receiving, Uh, if you can connect it to vulnerability a bit, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it is a vulnerable thing to say, uh, I'm going to open myself up to this gift and this is great. This is great.
1: Yeah. And the fact that I may not have this same, you know, I I don't know what next year will bring. And, and so I'm not, I'm going to look, I'm not even going to look into next year and not with fear or anticipation I'm just going to, this year is, I'm just going to enjoy this moment, this time, this thing, this ribeye, this, this turkey, this, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, And I think it's, that's, I just think that's difficult for us in, it's difficult for me. It's difficult, I think, as we're sort of trained to take charge of our life and to have a plan and to do this and to do this and to think about the next thing or whatever. And we just tend to, Well, oh, next year the kids will be
0: gone and it won't be or whatever it is Yeah, that we just can't be in the moment in the and moment. say, this is good right here. Yeah. This, yeah. I, you know, I, as, as a dad, you, you have older kids, I have four young kids and I really, uh, it makes me happy to give them things. Mm-hmm. It really does. Um, I, I And so I delight in whether we're just at the store and they ask for this one, you know, candy bar or we're getting them intentional presents for Christmas or going clothes shopping. It makes me very happy to do that. One of the things that gives me the most pleasure is when they get that gift or a toy or a food item and then they just get raptured in it. Mm-hmm. They just become lost mm-hmm. in it. And so it's not about you. It's not about me. I don't need so, kudos yes. for giving right. them anything. Right. Um, I don't need an ego stroke. Right. And, um, it's not about me being a great dad and winning. Mm-hmm. It's about, Oh, it's about they them. They get it. They're t- like they're t- in the right. moment yeah. they' And that's what I think mm-hmm. if that's close to healthy and love and mm-hmm. true, then what if God is like that? Yeah. I, He gets great delight in his children enjoying the gift Mm -hmm. and just being lost in the moment of, oh, wow, this is incredible. Mm. Can you believe this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just sheer delight in it. I don't know. I feel like there's something there. Yeah, I just don't feel like we do that for that
1: often. Yeah, that's true. I just don't feel like I do that enough. Mm. And I've been trying to train myself to, okay, that's a beautiful sunrise. I should take. 10 seconds, literally 10 seconds, and look at it and say, thank you, Lord, for that beautiful
0: sunrise. Well, you went on sabbatical last year, right? Yeah. You said it took you how long to stop stop rushing?
1: Yeah, I mean, it... Or so whatever you said. It took me at least a week to stop thinking about living on a schedule basically yeah. like yes. this is like, you know, what I do you want you to do to this thing? What's next? And then, uh, yeah. and the next week instead of just being in the moment. Uh, and of course I read a lot of fiction. That's kind of what I did in that sabbatical and that helped quite a bit, but even with that, it took a while to sort of, and it kind of took the mechanism of these works of fiction to sort of transport me and but then I, when I was done reading, I'd be like, okay, well, what time is it? Where should, what, it, you know, where do I need to be?
0: <laughs> I it's love just, it.
1: It's so, that's so who we are. I love it. Right? And I, do, I don't think that's, I mean, it is what it is. I just think that being what it is, I need to train myself to pause and be grateful. Pause yeah. and yeah. give thanks. Pause and be in this moment. Because that's right. the thing. It's like we're never... We, the, the danger
0: is that we're never actually in this moment. Yeah, it's not about do I have a lot on my plate or not. Everybody does. We're all busy. Mm-hmm. It's about what's the state of my soul in my schedule? Mm-hmm. Am I rushing? And is that killing my soul? Right. Or can I trust that I'm moving lightly from one thing to the next, I'm grateful for the meeting. I'm grateful for the moment. I'm going to be surprised by something today. Right. Something's yes. going to come that's up right. today where I it it's not going to be the same as yesterday. Yeah. It's not. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. That God has something for me. Yeah. Uh, today, living in expectation of what he wants. And I think that's what he's talking about here is this is tremendous blessing awaits. Enjoy it, but don't... Um, don't, don't make the enjoyment about yourself mm-hmm. and about one another. And, um, I just, so how can the body of Christ, I mean, how can the body of Christ, how can his church, how can God's people help us in that or hinder us in that mm-hmm. in gratitude or being in this moment?
0: Mm. Well, that's good.
1: Or how can I, as a member of the body of Christ, help you or hinder you? Because I do think we sort of Hinder one another a lot. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? What are you What are you up to? Like, what is it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I've had several conversations with um, members in the church around uh, our, this series, and I actually, uh, I think I was surprised at first, and then maybe I wasn't as surprised because the conversations around giving and being sacrificial and tithe and being generous. Those seem to be all really well received. Like, oh no, that makes sense. This is what we got to do, we gotta do it. But then the conversation around enjoying and being grateful for what God has given us, that can be really hard for people. There's that the mechanism that kind of gets in the way. And so I think sometimes one of the ways we serve each other is we we loosen up that those places of guilt. You know, it's it's okay. Like Mm -hmm. when was the last time Mm -hmm. you guys went out and enjoyed a dinner Mm -hmm. together? When Mm -hmm. was the last time you treated everybody to a movie or Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be like, that's okay. Can you enjoy it? I think there's different types of people. So they that may not be for everyone. Um, but to just breathe deeply with those people in those places of, I'm struggling with all this angst about, I feel guilty about enjoying what God has given me. Yeah. And then I think, I think, to state the negative, we don't always help by we, I do think we still place guilt trips in front of people. Sure. You know, whether it's explicitly, well, you know, do you know how many people, all right. So you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. Do you know how many people don't have, you know, what you have? Yeah. Um, uh, or we, we can do that with looks or we can do that with tone of voice or anything like that. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Or even I think it's baked into the cake of our, culture. We're well, like, oh, well, how was your weekend? And we list the
1: eight things we accomplished this weekend. That's good. Yeah. That's kind of just how we think. We think that's what the person means. Likely that is what the person means. Uh, when really my weekend consisted of more than the eight things I accomplished yeah. or seven or four and two or whatever it is. Or even if I didn't really do anything, it's kind of a guilty, like I'm a, f- I had a failed weekend because I didn't accomplish anything. Hmm. Um, and you know, I spent the weekend being grateful for God's creation. That sounds like a weird thing to say. Who's, who'd say that? I probably never actually say that. Um, okay, so let's look at another passage from the New Testament and sort of give us another wrinkle or another um, another way to look at this. And this is from John twelve, and it is uh, it's uh, six days before the Passover. It's the final. You know, Jesus is coming into towards Jerusalem. And this is uh, the, the woman and the, the ointment, uh, if you will, um, the perfume. Uh, so six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus's feet and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief as keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Uh okay, so just real quick, this is the setting what's the setting the the when, the
0: where, the who, the what well, mm-hmm. oh, you're asking me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you wanted someone mm-hmm. to phone in <laughs> uh yeah, so they're with Mary Martha and lazarus um and they're those are close friends of Jesus, right um you see these relationships formed mm-hmm. uh they're they're uh six days before the passover so Passover is a feast of remembrance mm-hmm. from the Exodus. Um, it's also going to be a foretelling of right. a lamb slain, right, uh, whose blood will um, protect or cleanse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and they're eating the, la- the six days before the last. Six days Passover. before the last Passover, yeah, yeah before right. the cross. So they're eating. Mm-hmm. There's obviously more people there than just them four right. disciples are there, and she breaks this perfume and pours it on jesus feet and there's a
1: you know a devotion Mm -hmm. a uh you know an act of worship uh and uh, this is mary's you know devotion or, or act of worship and judas uh objects yeah you know why wasn't, you know, it seems impractical. It seems like a poor allocation of nard resources. <laughs> 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 that it should have been sold. It's worth a year's wages. Money should have been given to the poor. That's, the, that's what Judas is saying. And, you know, the, the, the narrator, John, you know, he didn't say this because he cared about the poor. He was a thief. Um, and he used to help himself to the money. Uh, Leave her alone. Jesus says it was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you'll not always have me. So like, where does Mary's generosity, where does her gratitude, where is her devotion coming from? What is she like? What's going on there?
0: Yeah. Well, I think of relationships that I'm in that mean a lot to me if you think about their development of their friendship this is mary who was sitting at the feet of jesus when he's teaching and martha right. is busy in the busy. house this is mary whose lazarus uh, her brother lazarus died and jesus resuscitated him so there's deep connection in the relationship and when you have that type of love and affection that gratitude wells up within you. I want to show my affection for them mm-hmm. and so if she takes this. Who long, who knows how long she saved? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe this family, and this is my suspicion, maybe this family is actually pretty well to do. They're often having dinner parties at, um, Mary, Martha and Lazarus house. So they probably have a larger mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. And so they may have some money. And so she breaks it though. And I can't help but think, um, she is entering into this fully present, not self-conscious giving of herself to God. And yet there are people around who will not enter into that with her. Yeah. They're sitting outside of it, judging it,
1: criticizing it, yeah. whatever, right? Well, she's in this moment expressing her devotion to her Lord, whom she knows will soon be buried. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she, you know, the cross is coming and I have this, this act of worship, this act of love, this act of devotion. It maybe seems impractical. It does seem impractical. Judas, well, what does Judas seem, says is true. It does seem to have a practical point. It's, it's yes, true. It could have been sold yeah. and the money could have been given to the poor. Mm-hmm. Now, from what John tells us, it wasn't going to be sold. I and mean, if you, you know, if she puts it in the money bag The money is not going to the poor. Yeah. Unless one of the poor is (laughs) Poor Judas. Right. Um, uh, And so there's the difference between that and Judas sort of being on the outside above it, not below it, not, you know, above it. And that's not what should have been done with that. That act of devotion is inappropriate. You know, that is not how it should be done.
0: Uh, Sometimes it's the voice of reason. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Mm-hmm. It would have been more reasonable not to just waste this perfume on one night. Sometimes the voice of reason mm-hmm. keeps us from fully entering into, mm-hmm. you know, this moment of gratitude. Right. And do, you, you can always we, talk yourself. We, yes, out we can outthink ourselves. We can outthink
1: ourselves. Where, you know, what instead of being in the moment of worship at a worship service, we can start overthinking it. And it's the same sort of idea is is too loud? Is too soft? Is it too dark? Is it too light? I start thinking about this or that or the, you know, the, the band or the, whatever it might be. I start mm-hmm. over and I'm not, whatever that is, I'm not in the moment. Yeah. So Judas
0: certainly isn't in the same moment that Mary is. Right. Yeah. And you asked that question of how do we help each other as the body of Christ? And I would just say, can we enter in to the shared moments of gratitude that people offer around us? Yeah, maybe sometimes we're the voice of practical reason. We need to shut up. Yeah, or we're thinking it. <laughs> yes. And we're not saying it out loud because we know that wouldn't be nice to say, mm-hmm. but we still prevent ourselves from enjoying the gratitude of whatever that moment is. Yeah, right. So, and that, you know, that's, I think,
1: leave her alone. It was intended that she should shave this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you know, I always have me. So, what... That's uh that verse always sounds kind of funny to me like mm-hmm. it seems dismissive of the poor. What mm-hmm. is Jesus really saying? Is is he saying well the poor don't matter or you don't have to give money to the poor or you know whatever. Is he making a value judgment about the poor or anything like that? Yeah, I don't think that's the point at all. No. Yeah. Yeah, he's just saying this don't be so Leave her alone. Yeah. This whole this thing probably about. has very little to do with charity. Right. Just leave her alone. You know, she is in this moment of gratitude and awe and devotion and love. Let her be in that moment. Mm. Right. And don't, don't, you know, judge her or talk her way out of it. Like we would, in the, it seems to me like what Judas, I'm invited to identify either with Mary or with Judas. Mm. And I think sometimes I'm Judas, you yeah. know? right where it's like oh that seems extravagant. That yeah, seemed... you did what? Yes. <laughs> right. You took what kind of trip? Yeah. You gave that to who? Right. <laughs> yes. Right, and that sounds like that's sort of the voice of the voice of reason that argues against this sort of you know what just let's let all that go and let's be grateful. Mm. Let's be devoted. Um let's identify with Mary here. Um let's not you know don't I don't want to object to somebody else's thing and you know as i think about we're coming to the end of the series what keeps me from gratitude or or what are the effects of an ungrateful heart like so what keeps you from being grateful i mean there's not there's more than one answer there's probably lots of answers Mm -hmm. what keeps me from green when i'm ungrateful Mm -hmm.
0: what what keeps me there what brought me there what leaves me there yeah that's that's really good i think for me uh i get really focused on the problem or i get really focused on what's missing or what's not going well and instead of reframing that mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. opportunities to be surprised or opportunities mm-hmm. to be to learn mm-hmm. or opportunities to have faith and hope and trust like it's easy for me to stay locked in. Well, you know, that's not going to work. And here's 10 reasons why it's not going to work. That may be true. That may be true. But I have that stuckness in those places to just stay locked in on problem, mm-hmm. be problem focused. Mm-hmm. It really does keep me from gratitude mm-hmm. because um, it assumes a level of control. Mm-hmm. I'm on top. I need to be on top. Um, I'm outside the moment. Um, but it also is an arrogant way. I can say that about me, but it's an arrogant way of trying, of thinking I can predict the future because I don't know how it's going to work And I think out. that's
1: right. I do think I, I, I had a plan. Yeah. This was not my plan. Right. So whatever the outcome of that, I am probably not gonna be grateful about it because it wasn't my plan And the, the paradox is if, if my plan worked out exactly as I planned, I wouldn't be that grateful about it either because <laughs> it was my plan. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you've got the people in the promised land and there's a certain sort of quality of gratitude there. Hey, enjoy, you know, don't forget where it came from, but enjoy it, you know, enjoy the blessing that God means to have for you there. And then there's the, there's Mary in this, this sort of extravagant devotion. And I don't know, I just wonder if we can reflect on like, what's the difference? What's the similarities between those kinds of gratitude of, you know, what's the difference in, or the similarities in and enjoying this, this big meal that, you know, God means for us to have, and it's a wonderful thing, and I can be grateful for that. And then but between that and some sort of act of worship and devotion, that's not necessarily connected to anything mm. I'm doing at the moment.
0: Mm. It,
1: it feels like there's a I'm not sure I can necessarily draw the straight line, but it feels like there's a connection there or should be a connection. I
0: don't know if we have time. I have a thought. uh, I don't know if we have time, but I would say, yeah, I feel like they are connected. And by this, it's all sacred. Mm -hmm. There's not a, this is spiritual over here. And this is just normal human life over here. And this is where we express devotion. And this is where we just Mm -hmm. do our normal human stuff. Another way to say it, if you look at Genesis 1 and 2, some theologians argue that uh, the whole thing is a um, architecture for temple, for the temple. And you could argue it's all temple. Mm -hmm. The whole gig, Mm -hmm. the whole created order, the whole universe is temple. Mm -hmm. And so everything that humans are engaged in can be acts of, of worship. So there's this enjoying the meal gratefully I think when we start to grow into what Paul calls the mature person or the whole person, we move pretty lightly in those areas of enjoying the meal and breaking the perfume. They don't feel that different. Yeah. They feel like the same. Yeah. And it seems like then
1: if that you just follow that logic a little farther, then every meal is a Thanksgiving meal. Like it's disassociated with the event. Mm Mm-hmm it's not something that I'm posting about on social media. Yeah. It's, it's a piece of toast and an egg in the morning. Right. And I am for this. I am truly grateful. I haven't forgotten where it comes from. You know, it's this and I'm looking at the sunrise and, you know, whatever. Uh, and, and I'm in, I can enjoy. And at the same time, so I can, that can be an act of devotion and of breaking the perfume and a joint God's bounty. And it's all connected because it's mm-hmm. all blessing and devotion and worship all goes together yeah. in that, in that scheme. Uh, and I think we want to make an event like we want to, you know, quantize it like, okay, this is the day we're going to be thankful to the Lord <laughs> yeah. for whatever. Oh, oh, and this is the time we're going to be devoted and I think, like you said, it's it's all sacred. Mm-hmm. Or at least all is on the the cusp of being. Like, mm. it could be sacred if we could just step into it. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, that, oh, I'm this far from being grat- uh, having gratitude and being devoted. I'm this close to, you know, being like Mary was. I'm this close to enjoying God's good bounty. Yeah. Uh, and yet if I'm this close, like right up against it, and if I've turned the wrong way, you know, then all I see is, I don't know, task, comparison, guilt, shame, fear, yeah, or whatever it might be, uh, rush, rush, schedule, control,
0: all these things that get in the way of being truly grateful. Yeah. Someone said, uh, we're drowning in the shallow end. Yeah. We're drowning in the shallow end. Yeah. When we should just push off into the deep end. Push off into the deep end. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... I, I like that. It's always on the cusp. I do think the universe really is charged with wonder. Mm-hmm. It really is charged with the divine. Either the when the Bible says the glory of the Lord fills the earth, either it does or it doesn't. So right. what does it mean that right. it says it does? Right. It's not just some... Mystical out there, there's a presence, you know, waiting for me to come experience like a cloud. It's it's like a Narnian paradigm where, no heaven is always right there, like a fourth dimension, like waiting to press in right upon the other side. Whether it's me and a fried egg in the morning, or it's you know me uh, seeing the most beautiful sunrise over the mountains that I've ever seen. Great moments and small moments are all alike. To you know, when our hearts have been conditioned to be surprised mm. by the wonder, mm-hmm. that really does feel it's not the same. There, it's not. It's yesterday's not the same as today. This meal isn't the same. That conversation isn't the same. It's really That's a good not. reminder
1: right there. And it's I, not. I do feel like uh, another day. It's another the same old thing. Same. same old thing. Yeah, no, no, no. yeah. I do. Remade, I just looked it up while we were well uh, while we were sitting here. Just you know that uh, Gerard Manley Hopkins poem as kingfishers catch fire. And that's how it starts as kingfishers catch fire, dragonflies draw flame as tumbled over rim and roundy wells, stones ring like each tucked string tells each hung bells, bow swing, finds tongue to fling out broad its name. And it goes down, it ends to to say that for Christ plays in 10,000 places, lovely in limbs and lovely in eyes, not his to the father through the features of men's faces. So Christ is all around us mm. from the kingfishers that catch fire to the dragonflies that draw flame to our neighbor. Mm-hmm. That Christ plays in ten thousand places, lovely in eyes not his. Mm. And, you know, here he's basically this is like worshipful living, worshipful mm. being in the world that I can see this beauty, this, this, this blessing, this, and I can be for this, I can be truly grateful. Or I can see the same thing mm-hmm. and not appreciate it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I think probably for the most of us, most of the time, ninety-eight percent of the time, we're just we're not in that. We're like right up against it, but turn the wrong way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we gotta take the sun, take the glasses off, put the glasses on to see, or whatever it might be. Um, and I think so for me, that's one of the things that you know, we have to participate in our own transformation, as we've said. And so one of the ways that I'm trying to do that is train myself, Doug, what does that look like for me? You know, what are moments in the morning I'm now have the luxury that, uh, you know, our, our kids are gone. And so I, in the morning, if Nancy's working in particular, I'm by myself. And so that makes it easy. I understand that. Um, but, uh, that's no excuse from my earlier self when, I probably needed to work harder to do it, but didn't, um, that, okay, so how do I train myself to be, uh, like the people in the promised land and Mm. enjoy what God has or like Mary and to break the perfume like every day Mm. and
0: worship and be grateful. That's wonderful. I'm so glad you brought that up because, um, I was listening to a talk the other day and someone was asking this person about their morning routine. And the person asking was really probably wanting to know for themselves, what's my, what should my morning routine be? And the person answering was very intentionally vague Mm because they knew I'm not going to give you the the formula. formula." formula. But they did say, well, when I wake up in the morning, um, my daughter has to go to school. So I wake up and I pack her lunch and I help her go to school because in my house in the morning, people need to be served. And then I thought of what you just shared, and then I thought of the promised land and the Mary story. Yeah, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. You can wake up and if you have half an hour to 45 minutes to an hour and it's quiet and it's you, that's wonderful. And if you but if you wake up and you have, I have lunches to pack and I have kids to get off to school, that can be the that same. It can be the perfume break. It's all moment. sacred. Mm-hmm. It's all it's right. it's all the same. Like God is in those places. It's less about, you know. Did I, did I do my quiet time thing and more about, no, no, right now, this is a sacred moment. Mm-hmm. Can I enter into this mm. moment of gratitude? Because mm-hmm. that season's going to go, right. It'll pass. And I enjoy this blessing now because it is funny being older and
1: looking back. Yeah. There's probably a lot of blessings I let slide by that. I just wasn't aware of, yeah. uh, that things that I am grateful for in now in retrospect that I was not grateful enough for in the moment because mm-hmm. I was too busy and distracted and faced the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, and so that's how maybe we'll end it is mm-hmm. maybe the question to ask ourselves is how do you, how, question to ask you, how do you train yourself to gr- to be grateful? How do you train yourself to be worshipful? How do you train yourself to be like Mary, to be, to enjoy God's good gifts and to overflow and worship uh, and gratitude, because that's his desire uh, for us. Uh, and so have a week filled with gratitude, and then, uh, then the week after that can still be Thanksgiving. There you go. Also do that. <laughs> Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.